Hello and welcome back to Second Take Movies, a podcast where we give movies a second look, a second chance, second take, if you will. I'm your host, Preston Jenkinson, and joining me for the third time on this podcast is Larry Parks. Once again, always a pleasure. Yes. Um, we'll probably do the uh, the second and third Blade movies at some point when they yeah. announce the MCU Blade movie. It's slowly in the works because he showed up at the end of uh, of Eternals. <laughs> In voice only. Did oh, you know I didn't even watch that. Yeah. You know, now that you speak about Eternals, right? I was all cool with Eternals. Like everybody's giving Eternals a bad, a bad, uh, a bad rep or a bad rating. Yeah. So I watched it, right? Yeah. And I was cool with Eternals until I got to the end, and I was like, uh, "It's cool that Dane Whitman as Black Knight is going to show up in Blade, but I hate it had to be through Eternals." But uh, yeah, I was like, "All right, well, I guess." This makes sense, but Eternals. And another thing with Eternals is like there was only really one person that was effective at anything. Yeah, I mean you had Angelina Jolie's character, but you didn't know which, and you know if she was gonna go multiple personality on your ass. Yeah, but then you had uh you had freaking Icarus, and Icarus was the only person that could do something. The other guy can shoot bullets out of his fingers, and yeah, and then you had the other girl that can change metal into water but it is like what <laughs> what is like all we're doing is basically holding holding off until Icarus gets here it's like man like if this isn't the worst team of misfits so that's that's kind of what we went to in the episode I did on it was they they tried to cover too many characters in one movie that wasn't an Avengers movie right so right but uh the 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 movie we're talking about today we kind of got off topic, but the movie we're talking about is uh, X-Men Apocalypse. It came out in like 2015, 2016? 2016. 2016. Yeah. And uh, the story for that is in the 1980s, the X-Men must defeat the ancient alien, all-powerful mutant Saba, in Sabanur, who intends to thrive through bringing in destruction to the world. And we like to also start with a good, a positive and a negative review. The positive review from Screen Daily by Tim Grierson. The X-Men adventures keep getting bigger, but Singer works extremely hard to ensure that even when they're not always better, they continue to thrill sufficiently. Um, and the negative review from Variety by Jeff Berkshire says, although the X-Men ensembles are usually large, there are simply too many characters for the action-heavy apocalypse to properly juggle. You know what? I think both of those reviews are very valid. I think I kind of yeah. put somewhat in my notes, both of those, pretty much what they said, but in, in my own words. Okay, so since this is like the... This is like the second movie with what I'll call the new cast. Um, do you prefer the original cast or the new cast? This is like no, this is the third one. Well, this like this is kind of yeah, it is the third one at, with the new cast. I'm sorry because yeah, like all, all, all of these class, got mixed in this, Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past was kind of like a Wolverine slash X Men yeah. first class joint, but this was. If you wanted to count this, yeah, this this is basically one where you pretty much take Wolverine out, even though Wolverine was in it. Yeah, but um, but I and I was I was thinking about that as I was watching it. I was like, it's kind of hard to get used to it, but is 
is it that we're not used to it because we're still stuck on the nostalgic early 2000 X-Men or is it just the fact that, you know, there's something about these. So I actually, I like the new cast just because it gives like a refresh, um, a refreshing feeling to the X-Men series. So when they came out with first class, I was like, this is really nice because you start from one point and it's kind of like they were trying to keep building on and keep building on. The problem with it is, I think by the time they got to Apocalypse, it was kind of like a um, the third. It was the third movie, but it was kind of like they're basically now introducing us to the the X Men that we've known our whole childhood. Yeah, the Storms and the Nightcrawlers and the Cyclops, and it's like we went two full movies without them, and now it's like all right, now you're gonna get them and and then give us Dark Phoenix and kind of like force us to watch it versus like i said the early 2000s we got them the entire trilogy through yeah um i think michael fassbender makes a better magneto though he does yeah i think they they kept trying to within the new cast they kept trying to hone in on this friendship between magneto and Dr. Xavier, but you know, growing yeah. up, it was like, man, like Magneto and Dr. Xavier, like they were they were enemies. Like they may have been friends, but they were enemies. Like every movie ended with like, oh yeah, you're my friend again. And that's pretty much how this ends, is they're they're friends again. And originally it was supposed to like the X-Men were always a metaphor for like Martin Luther King and, and Malcolm X. Malcolm X, yeah. Yeah. What's your opinion of design of the of Apocalypse? When it, when the movie first came out, there was that meme that it looked like Ivan Ooze from the Power Rangers from the first Power Rangers movie. Well, I mean, Apocalypse is supposed to go down as like the very first mutant. Yeah, and I guess he gives other mutants powers as he's in Cairo, Egypt. Mm-hmm. You know, he he blesses them with other powers. So I can understand the um the old look of them. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't like I wasn't harping on that as much as I should, but I was like, you know, I guess he is. If he's the very first mutant, then I guess he would look a lot older than the other mutants, you know. So I yeah. guess this is the way that you kind of make it. My problem with him though, with Apocalypse, he gave me like a lot more mummy vibes than he gave me like X Men vibes. You know, it was just like the entire movie. Like I was watching X Men, but I felt like you know. At some point, you know, you feel like you're kind of watching the mummy too. The way the way he kind of like maneuvers around and the way they treat him in the movie, like yeah, he's this ancient pyramid mutant, and now he's coming back and has more powers than everybody. Y'all gotta fight him. Yeah, because that's kind of how the movie starts out: is they bring him into this temple and he's transferring his his powers. self in, into Oscar yeah. Isaac, who. I guess can play an Egyptian. <laughs> uh and he gets he gets buried under uh uh th- there's uh, under the like a rebellion I guess and they I don't know how they set these blocks up to like slide under this temple to uh take it down but they had this th- these blocks set up that they could just like knock some hammers down and these these blocks just went down and took down this temple. Yeah. And uh, and berries and berries apocalypse. Yeah, I do like the uh, the opening because you know the these these older X Men movies they had this 
the opening title sequence was like this thing that took you through time. And that's what this did mm-hmm. is like took you yeah. through the time of from apocalypse basically to like the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And before it was like usually like the, the evolution thing. Yeah. Let's just let you know. It's been been around the whole time, you know, the yeah. Nazi Germany and all, you know, but that's pretty. I mean, that's a it's an interesting concept. I will say this and I wrote this down um, like, you know. They opened the movie up like, you know, one thing like the good review that you said uh, that that you read was pretty much, you know, how um, Singer still finds a way to kind of keep that excitement and keep the entertainment through the movie. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it opens up with that action of like X-Men and whatnot. So when you're when you're looking at it, like, okay, well, yeah, this is a this opening up with action scenes. And then, like you say, you get that opening opening sequence going through time and everything. And then, boom, you right here in 1980 whatever and it's kind of like all right now we're about to get on to the movie so I, I like the opening sequence and everything about it so you know it, it gets your attention to the point where you're like all right i'm about to watch a good movie uh, one thing i don't like this is like part of like what i'll call a trilogy between first class days of future past and this is that they made these 10 years apart and nobody seems to age <laughs> right right that's it's, crazy. It starts in the 60s and it kind of ends in the 80s and James McAvoy nor Michael Fassbender seems to age throughout all of these movies. Yeah, I think they were just probably too focused on telling the story of like who they are because it is like, oh, now we're about to finally tell y'all how Dr. Xavier lost his hair. Yeah. And it's like, oh, first we told y'all like how he ended up in the wheelchair. Now we're going to tell y'all how he lost his hair. <laughs> buzz it, buzz it, buzz it. So, all right, cool. You know, I will say, I will say this. I do feel like like I said, I like the refreshment of the X-Men series. I do feel like they take a very long time for you to get to certain places. Yeah. And I feel like like that's where I could agree with the negative review that you read. I felt like in this movie, a lot of it was rushed to the point where they were trying to force a lot of on us. Like, okay, now we want to show, introduce y'all to Storm and Cyclops and stuff like that. So now I was like, let's force those people onto them and I felt like the apocalypse villain could have been a lot bigger than he was. You know, I feel like he could have been on like a Thanos level where like he could yes. have been introduced in in like the second movie or maybe even the first movie where you realize like this is going to be a, a problem for y'all in the future versus like just throwing him in this one movie. And it's like, all right, you got two, two and a half hours to explain who apocalypse is, how bad he is. And then we got to beat him. Yeah. And that's kind of what apocalypse is for the x-men he's like a a thanos level villain right like i don't know if you watched the x-men cartoon growing up Mm -hmm. like i did yeah and they're bringing back on disney plus which is the greatest thing (laughs) but get to to watch the greatness of jubilee he was the end-all be-all villain of that series like he was the villain uh, after we we go through this uh, montage of going through the years, uh, we go to um, Cyclops, who is is in his classroom and mm-hmm. he's starting to develop his power. Cyclops has been always to me, even in the cartoon, has been the worst character. I don't know why he's the leader of the X Men. <laughs> the worst character? Yeah, like you shoot laser from your eyes. Cool. Jubilee has to be the worst character. Yeah, she starts out the the X Men cartoons, and they she's in this movie, but she's not in it a lot. They keep trying to make her happen, and it never happens. She's in this one. 
She is, yeah. Like she's the Chinese girl with the leather, with the yellow oh, leather jacket. Oh, that was her. I got yeah. you. Yeah, she's Nobody kind of fireworks. Nobody wants the fireworks in the in the uh, an- animated series. She's a uh, she's the in the first a pyro a pyrotechnician. Movie. Yeah, she she makes uh, fireworks. Fireworks <laughs> <laughs> from her hands, like that's going. But yeah, no, yeah. I, I can see I can see Cyclops. Cyclops yeah. at the same time, yeah, like you say, like I don't know, man. It's just like. I get it. He shoots beans from his eyes, but at the same time, it's like, all right. Yeah. Wolverine has always been my favorite character. My favorite has always been Gambit, and they've never done a great job of like bringing Gambit to the movie screen. Yeah. I, I felt obligated to like Gambit because he was the only Southern superhero that I knew. Like, there's <laughs> no, no other Southern superheroes. <laughs> I just I just like how Gambit just came around in his trench coat and he was just always so cool. I was like, damn, Gambit cool as hell. Yeah. But uh, but like I said, man, every time they brought him to like the, the movie screen, like Gambit has not looked that cool. Gambit was supposed to be in this uh Channing business. Tatum has supposed to have been Gambit for like four or five years, but it's never happened. I don't think you need like I think they try to like make Gambit a lot more cooler than he was. And I think the fact that Gambit what made Gambit cool was one, he walked around in that trench coat, and then yeah. two, Gambit had like this real like uh what a, like a little dark, uh dirty vibe to him. Yeah. Like that that was Gambit. Like you can't get somebody like a pretty boy like Shannon Tatum to play him. You can't get right. like you, you gotta get somebody like a freaking uh like um Jerry Leto or somebody. Get somebody like that can Ooh. just be dirty or something to play him. I don't like yeah. Jared Leto, but I think that would be he would play Gambit pretty well. Yeah, you gotta get somebody that's just 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 as like you know mellow and like I said, I think Shannon Tatum would try to do too much as Gambit. You get all these other people like they they they'll ruin them even more. You can't you yeah. gotta have like I said somebody that'd be dark and dark and dangerous. But uh, after uh, we meet up with Cyclops, he gets bullied into a bathroom and he blows a hole in the school, in the the roof of the school. It's like the oldest story in time. But we we cut to Nightcrawler and Angel in a fight, in a cage fight in Germany. Mm -hmm. And Jennifer Lawrence shows up as Mystique for the third time. And this was the beginning of her phoning in this role. Phoning. She did not want to be in these last two movies. And oh, you, did she? You can tell it. <laughs> oh, wow. I think she really phones know. it into Dark Phoenix, but this was like the beginning of, I just don't want to be here. I signed this contract years ago, and I don't want to be here. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that part. That's, I mean, that's interesting. Hey, was it at the same time where she was doing Hunger Games or afterwards? Well, she, she signed on during X-Men First Class, which was at the same time as um, Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. So it was at the begin, really the beginning of her career. Gotcha. So she probably didn't know what she was signing up for until she got to these last two movies. That's why she yeah. dies. In, in, spoiler alert, that's why she dies in X-Men Dark Phoenix. Um, she which is of, always uh, interesting like when they kill like certain people in X-Men I always find that interesting because I'm like man like you just killed somebody and like they're really a very vital part of like the yeah the series but um the the guy they cast as Nightcrawler for the second time because it was played by ooh, another guy in X-Men 2 I can't remember mm-hmm. his name though but Nightcrawler has always been one of my favorite characters um yeah 
just from his like teleport, like especially in X Men Two, where he goes through the White House and teleporting through walls and stuff, and almost kills the president. Yeah, yeah, he's a very interesting character. I'll yeah. say that. Um, and she, so she rescues uh Nightcrawler from this like cage fighting arena place and then, MMA MMA mutant MMA. Yeah, basically. And uh we find out what Magneto Michael Fassbender has been up to. He's been working at a factory in somewhere or in something. Denmark or something. I don't know where he's been. Somewhere in Europe. Yeah. Uh, where trying to hide trying to trying to blend in. Yeah. Blend in after after trying to kill the world. And he's he's always been one of my favorite actors. Like I'll watch right. anything he's done. He's always like, especially in this movie, when uh, his wife and daughter get killed by mm-hmm. um, a stray arrow from like the sheriff's department. I guess because uh, that's what they did in the 1980s. You know, they didn't have guns, right? <laughs> well, they they did say they didn't want to have guns because they, they had metal on them. So the next right. best thing, I guess, was an arrow, a bow yeah. and arrow, and it. it um, kind of fast forward through like you know it's just Michael Fassbender working at this plant and then going home and we find out that his his daughter has like this ability to call animals to her and that's what when he's confront confronted because he saved somebody at work from getting crushed by like this metal kiln or whatever that almost mm-hmm. falls on somebody and. Uh, they go to try to arrest him, and she, uh, his, his daughter can't control her powers, and like these birds and stuff fly around this guy, and he slips, and the arrow goes through the daughter and his wife, and which is a very, very strong arrow. Yes, like, I can understand it going through the daughter, but I was like, the wife too. Yeah, <laughs> like gosh, bro, like that must have been the strongest man in the world, right? And he just like really sells it with the the sadness. That's, I mean, that's that's why you hike, hire Michael Fassbender. And meanwhile, uh, Moira McTaggart has uh, is who works for the CIA. Who in X Men First Class, Charles has wiped her memory of what happened in Cuba because they were part of the Cuban Cuban Missile Crisis back in the sixties. Yeah. Mutants were the X Men were, and she has found this cult that's been looking for apocalypse and they've been trying to wake up apocalypse and he eventually does he finds but how dumb that cult is like the cult's so dumb because they've been trying to wake up apocalypse but turns out that more mctaggart mistakenly awakens apocalypse by her first time going down there right because I guess we need sun down here. So y'all did all this. Y'all a cult. Y'all did all this studying on the apocalypse. But y'all didn't realize that y'all needed to like put sunlight on this this freaking tomb? Pretty much. Yeah. They 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 never figured that out. Uh, but he ends up waking up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he he run and with all of the continuity errors that the the Fox X Men movies have had. They've never figured out what to do with Storm. Never. Never at all. <laughs> but in this movie, she's she lives in Africa, and she's the one that, that finds Apocalypse and takes him home, and he learns everything about human history through the TV. It's a pretty good place to learn it. Yeah. 
And uh, he well, it was a TV and the satellites. He used the satellites and the yeah. TV. He so. like puts his hand on the TV and talks to everything or the the space and everything to the universe to to figure out human history and says that the weak have taken over the earth and uh, he needs to uh, cleanse it. Cleanse it. Which is a good start. That's a good start to, yeah. you know, taking over the Which, like I said, I feel like they had to get intentions with Apocalypse. But, mm. you know, I, I see, like, I guess eventually Marvel's going to end up taking over the X-Men again. Oh, yeah. They, they own the X-Men and they're going to do another. So, Apocalypse itself, the character, the villain, is more, like, he's a main, um, a main X-Men villain. But he's also a a main villain within the Marvel universe. Correct. So, what I could see happening would be, um, our next Marvel villain. I think is going to end up being like Kane or somebody. Right, with Jonathan Major showing up yeah. in Loki, which was amazing. So then I think like our next Loki. I mean, not Loki. Our next Thanos type villain after we get through this phase four will probably end up being apocalypse. And that's when you introduce that man somehow. But I think they would do a better job of like introducing how evil apocalypse is and just, you know, going from there yeah. um, the way that it should have been done. Cause like I said, it you got it in this movie, but it was rushed and it was like, okay, I, yeah. I get what y'all are trying to do, but it's, it's, it's a, a big, a big rush. And it's also the same with dark Phoenix. Like they rushed that too. Like in the comics, yeah. that took like twenty years of buildup <laughs> right. for different issues to get to that. And Fox always rushed to that with X Men Three and then X Men Dark Phoenix. Like they they always every time they do it is like, all right, where do we go from here? Like every time they kill mm-hmm. Jean Grey and and turn her to a fetus, it's like, all right, so what now? And then that's when all the X Men movies start. And it's like, all right, well, I guess we'll do it again from the beginning, y'all. Apocalypse goes on his journey of finding horsemen, which includes Storm, uh, Olivia Munn, who ruined Aaron Rodgers' career and now is working on John Mulaney's career. <laughs> oh, wow. You got a real, real dark spot for her in your life. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Uh, and Angel, and who's the other one? Angel and then some uh, and Magneto. Magneto's the other horseman in this movie, yeah, because he he manipulates uh, Magneto into joining him. That happened in the animated series, but Angel was always better in that one. Uh, I mean, he gets metal wings, but this one it was kind of corny. But yeah, it was like super corny. Like I said, it was rushed. It was a bunch of yeah. Like they're trying to rush through this like huge level event and he takes Magneto to Auschwitz to manipulate him into controlling like the iron uh, or the iron and I, I guess in the earth that he there's can, metal deep beneath the earth and yeah. he can change the earth and yeah which he, he kind of like unlocks that that's his ability is to unlock other mutants powers right like, which yeah. is cool and I yeah. think that's a very very big like you know, and like I said, he gave me big Thanos vibes. You know, you coming through in the purple portal, just like Thanos. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, walking around, you know, with your with your minions, just like Thanos. And it was like, all right, well, you know, but I still didn't get like a a Thanos like vibe. Like it was just like, yeah. all right, well, I guess eventually y'all, uh, the S Men are gonna beat him. Like with Thanos, it was like when Thanos finally showed up in in the Avengers, you were like, oh damn. Especially at the end of Infinity War. Yeah. It was like, oh, well, y'all in trouble. Like, like, y'all might beat him, and then it's like, no, nah, y'all not going to beat him. Like, especially, I, I always, like, when that happened, I mean, you know, I knew in the next movie that they were going to beat Thanos. Yeah. But, like, I just imagined myself as, like, an 8 or 10-year-old that didn't pay attention to movie news and just saw this movie and was like, oh. <laughs> oh, damn. Y'all, so y'all didn't win. Black My Panther's goodness. dead. Spider-Man's dead. <laughs> right. It's like, dang, so, you know, and that's a good build-up. But like I said, I think the fact that you know how these movies are going to end, the X-Men are going to win at the end, and it's yeah. like, you know, I think a bigger surprise would have been if Apocalypse won, but it was just like, you know, the way movie history went, you know, it was like, well, Apocalypse is going to lose at the end after going yeah. through all this work of, you know, building up this super team of people. And, yeah, and it's, and, uh, when when Apocalypse shows up to Magneto, uh, he's like, "Who who the fuck are you?" And which I'm like, "Okay, MCU, you, you're PG. You, most of your movies are PG thirteen. Let's let have let's let Sam Jackson have one f bomb in a movie. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's what I missed from from these movies at least. Um, F- Fastbender really makes like as an actor he makes you feel what his character is feeling because when his his family's dead he like disintegrates or like just kills that entire sheriff's department and then he goes to the factory and well i I guess he doesn't really kill people in the factory that's more of apocalypse like sinking people into the ground but he had intentions to do it though so he mm-hmm. he moved he moved the earth basically when his family died like he just lost it which yeah. is um, just great which like you say in the in the X-Men movies fastbender does a very great job of making you feel mm-hmm. which i hate how like they always ended with like him and charles being friends again cuz like right in every movie, like I, I feel like, all right, well, this is why Magneto is who Magneto is, and then it's like, oh no, we still cool, yeah, we friends, yeah. But like in the early two thousand uh, X Men, it was like Magneto was like, no, like I don't care what you say, Charles, like I'm killing like all the humans, I'm gonna kill like, these humans, <laughs> like I'm going to kill them, and then Charles was like, no, you're not, but like at my fast benders at the end of each X Men is like, ah, you know that stuff I said about the humans, I take it back, I'm cool now, right? I got a therapist, and uh, so uh, at this point, um, Scott Summers has made it to the school of. Gifted youngsters, um, mm-hmm. Xavier's school, and he's he's learning how to control his abilities. And then uh, Mystique brings Nightcrawler to the school, and they go out to a to a mall because it's the eighties. Like a mall is a big deal in the eighties. And uh, when they're we're coming back, um, Ap- Apocalypse has picked up Magneto at this point, and then. Um, 
because uh, Charles has tried has gone into Cerebro and has tried to find Magneto, and then Apocalypse picks that up and then like controls Magneto at this point, and then um, Cyclops's brother destroys Cerebro and or tries to, and then Apocalypse shows up at the X Mansion and uh, Havoc uh, Havoc is his name I think mm-hmm. because yeah, Charles Havoc. says wreak havoc on the uh, Cerebro and he tries to kill him and then they they, they kidnap uh, Charles Charles and then he misfires and hits the the X-Jet that um, Beast was working on and the mansion starts to explode and that's when Quicksilver shows up I think Quicksilver and every time they've introduced him doesn't get enough um, airplay yeah like every time like X-Men tried it, they did it on Avengers and killed them there. They like every time they introduce him, I think like he can always have so much more. And, yeah. But, you know, they don't give enough airplay. And then they always give him like some kind of BS storyline. Like and he goes your daddy. This version of Quicksilver was in WandaVision and it was a misdirect. Yeah. <laughs> I was I, I remember watching it and I heard that Evan Peters was cast in WandaVision, I was like, oh, well, he's playing uh, extra Quicksilver, and then he turned out to be somebody else, and I was like, okay. You're right. <laughs> You're just messing with us. <laughs> like, give him more airplay, guys. Please, right. somebody. But um, I think I read somewhere that the... Because it's, it's a similar sequence to Days of Future Past where everything slows down and he goes through the mansion saving everybody. Yeah. And it took like six months to make that scene i don't know if that's correct yeah which is i was like damn that's a lot (laughs) that is a lot i mean i think that's one of like that's probably one of the best scenes of the movie yeah um you know i think the days of future past sequence is a little bit better but yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. you're right but um forget about that one nightcrawler and um gene gray and cyclops uh because after the mansion explodes, the government shows up and they're able to use Jean Grey to like hide from the government. And then they sneak into this helicopter that's got all these these mutants and they take them to Alkali Lake. Which I think this was the most unnecessary Wolverine cameo. Yeah, they try to find a way to get him in all the time. And it's like, all right. Yeah, it's like he shows up for like five minutes and then it's like a real problematic scene where he sees Jean Grey and he's like attracted to her and she's like 17 at this point or something. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to kill everybody. Yeah, I'm going to fall in love with this girl someday even though she's like 17 or 18. And they're going to kill me in the next movie. Yeah. Yeah, so. I do think Oscar Isaac was the best decision for this role as Apocalypse. Yeah. Like he does good with what he's given. Like I said, I think so this is my thing about the movie. I enjoyed the movie. Like I said, I, did. I enjoyed I the did too. I enjoyed the X Band refresh re um remake series. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like they could have done a lot better with the storyline of Apocalypse. And they could have done a lot better with a lot of the characters as well, as far as like not rushing them. Cause I mean, when you get Havoc in the first class which is Alex Summers, mm. you could have had some type of 
innuendo of saying, you know, that's Scott Summers' brother or like something about like, yeah, my brother is probably going to be better than me or something like that, you know, just to kind of help build these characters as well. And then not wait in like two more movies to finally introduce everybody else. It's like, yeah, like maybe we could get a baby Storm or baby Scott Summers in like, you know, days of future past. So you can see them as as children and be like, oh, that's gonna be the the new Scott Summers or or something like that, you know. Right. But you know, they it's like they focus on each movie at a time, and then it's like when you finally get to Apocalypse, it's like, all right, now we want to bring y'all Storm, but we have to bring all of these players in now. That's that's my biggest problem with like the Marvel, um, Fox movies, especially with mm. Fantastic Four. They never thought about combining like having a shared universe with the fantastic four and the X-Men. Yeah. You know, I think, I think, I think Marvel, Marvel opened everybody's eyes to like doing, finally doing that and finally like connecting all of these different universes. Cause even outside of like superheroes, you got like television shows like Grey's Anatomy and all those connecting their shows and their universes and everything like this saying like, Oh, well these, all these characters can exist within one main universe, but have Mm -hmm. their own individual show where we can actually take the time to character develop, but then bring them all together. So you can actually see how, and I was like, you know, Marvel finally opened that doorway, but it's just like, like you say, like if you are Fox and you're like, I got fantastic four, I got X man. Like maybe at some point we could bring them all together. I mean, they did it in the comics, you know, why can't you do it on the movies? But it's like, everybody just solely focused on, the money grabbing of like one movie and X-Men is a, and I don't know how Marvel's going to do it. And I, I say, like, I feel like this has been rushed, but X-Men itself is a lot. Is it the movie itself and the concept of an X-Men movie is always going to be a lot. Cause there's so many characters that you have to introduce and you kind of want to tell the story of like Wolverine, but you also want to tell the story of Jean Grey and you want to tell the story of Cyclops and uh, Rogue and, Dr. Xavier and stuff like that. So it's like, damn, how do you yeah. get all those in one movie? Because even at the end of this movie, they set up uh, um, Mr. Sinister as a, the next big villain, which mm-hmm. he was a big villain in the uh, animated series. Yeah. But who knows if we're ever going to see him again with Marvel controlling with controlling all their characters now, basically. Who knows, man? I know Marvel probably do a better job at it. Absolutely. You know? Like... Well, with, with Spider-Man No Way Home that they did at the end of last year was that just showed that Kevin Feige knows what he's doing. Right, right, <laughs> right. Those people like Marvel, Marvel knows exactly what they're doing, which they'll do a lot better job at stuff like this. Um, I will say this, man, about, you know, what, what do we get? We got pretty much 20 years of x-men movies yeah you know from 2000 to 2019 when they last shot dark phoenix we got x-men's wolverines uh logan was the best out of all of them logan logan was definitely a great movie i enjoyed that one i remember sitting in the theater when uh charles xavier died in that movie and there was like a high school kid in front of me who was laughing and I got so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no, this this guy has been Charles Xavier since I was in the fifth grade. And Hugh Jackman has been Wolverine since I was in the fifth grade. And you are not laughing right now. <laughs> right, right. 
you do not know the severity <laughs> of the situation that has happened here. You're gonna piss me off, man. Right? Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you get 20, 20 years of that, and I would like to say, like, although some of these movies may have been rushed, or you may have like kind of put one character in the wrong place or not developed enough characters. I feel like all of those X Men movies, because especially when you look at the way Fantastic Four is, or the way like um, Superman movies, Batman movies, like mm-hmm. how much those movies have failed. The X-Men movie always delivered. I will say that. Yeah. You know, even though it may have not been to the best, uh, they always deliver. Like I said, Apocalypse wasn't a bad one. The, the worst one probably in this series probably would have been Dark Phoenix just because, I don't know, I felt like it was just, like I said, I forgot I even watched the movie. But, you know, yeah. I just felt like, you know, they were trying to finally like put a, a end cap on the X-Men series. And it's like, all right, you know. There, but, there's more good x-men fox movies than bad ones yeah exactly i will say fox at least did a good job of that now it's, marvel probably do better but it's basically what gave us like you know we last time we talked about blade is mm-hmm. we said it was like the, the the thing that started the mcu it was blade and then the x-men movies and then mm-hmm. sony's spider-man that showed us that oh these comic book movies can be good yeah, and they then can Kev- money. Kevin Feige was like, "Oh, we can build this whole universe, and then have all these characters interact with each other." Just imagine how big like the MCU is going to be by the time they introduce uh like X Men and stuff. That that's why I always like when I see kids that that love these movies. I'm like, you don't know how good you got it. When I was growing up, the only thing that was good was Blade. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, Superman returns. <laughs> yeah, I, Batman, Batman and Robin. Gosh, yeah. Um, but uh, we, after we go through Alkali Lake, we uh, they they free Wolverine, who shows mm-hmm. up in this movie an unnecessary cameo, and then they they find some uh, flight suits which are just the regular old leather and black. Uh, suits that they just find an excuse to use mm-hmm. um, and they they fly to I guess Egypt where Cairo um, Egypt yeah because at this point Apocalypse has forced uh, Charles Xavier to uh, send a message to the world that uh, he's going to take over the world basically that the, the strong are going to beat the weak and everything and Charles kind of flips it on his head and tells everybody to protect the weak or whatever. And his 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 master plan is to take over Charles Xavier's body. In his, because in, he in just got this new body that he just woke up in, and then you know, well, I need a newer one now. Because basically, the the way he's obtained power through the years is uh, sending himself into other bodies and taking over those. And um, there's a, a big battle that ensues, and after a while, uh, Charles Xavier goes bald. That's the that's the origin story they decide for Charles Xavier's baldness is that <laughs> he tried to get taken over by Apocalypse. And Apocalypse is bald, so which entails Charles goes bald because Apocalypse is bald. Right, but they stopped the process. But they didn't stop it before he lost his hair. Yeah. And then Nightcrawler gets him out of there. And then 
they get stuck in this this building and that's when they have this big mind battle and to me uh apocalypse one of his main powers was be able to like be a giant mm-hmm. um and the only time they show that is in this mind battle between him and charles xavier right yeah uh, like i said man they could have did so much more with that character yeah to 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 bring more fear of that character and like during this entire fight scene, like one of my biggest things during the fight scene was like, what the hell was Magneto doing? Like just he's just sitting in, there. He's just juggling, <laughs> juggling debris <laughs> across the world. And it's it, like, bro, like like everybody else is fighting, and like Magneto's job was to juggle debris. Yeah, he's just bringing like stuff up in the earth and everything. Like he's just bringing this, like because all over the world, this stuff is coming. Up from the earth, and he's controlling it because his powers are being amplified by Meg, by Apocalypse. And I was like, okay, like, I, and at this point, I've just been numbed from uh, cities being burned or yeah. destroyed at this point because this was the year that like the second uh, Independence Day came out, and all these like world-ending movies came out, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> It was just like, yeah, I'm just going, I'm a, I understood, like, Apocalypse is like, Magneto, you're going to tear this world down and we'll build a new one. But it was like, all right, so through that process, it was like, does it call for you to just bring all this dirt here? Right. <laughs> like, do you have to bring all the dirt of the world to the one place? Like, is this yeah. how you're destroying it? But uh, after all that, like, uh, Charles and Magnet and Apocalypse have this, uh, mine. What I'll call a mind palace battle, back and forth, and then he, uh, Jean Grey, out of nowhere, just unleashes the Phoenix Force, which just sets up the next movie, and uh, she, uh, burns uh Apocalypse out of there, and then Magneto gains uh reacquires his senses and and uh is joining the the X Men again, and he throws a metal pylons down with makes which makes an X in the dirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and everyone just combines all their forces to just burn apocalypse to ashes. Right. Yeah. Cause the you know the strongest one of the strongest mutants is easily weak against yeah. fire. Yeah, and he kind of, like, in his death, he kind of recognizes, like, oh, this is Gene, like, the Phoenix Force is more powerful than me, which kind of sets up the next movie as well. Um, And he just disintegrates at the end. And Yeah. Which, if you, like I said, if you look at all the, um, you can Google them, like, you know, strongest... X Men and villains, Jean mm-hmm. Jean Grey, of course, the Phoenix. They will call her, um, not Jean Grey, but the Phoenix of Jean Grey, mm-hmm. is somewhere in the top five. And then you got Apocalypse up there as well. But I think they always rank Apocalypse higher than her, which yeah. is another reason why this movie just is like super silly, because it's like, all right, y'all couldn't beat him, but you know, Jean Grey just unleashed the Phoenix, and now she is more powerful than Apocalypse. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I guess I get it. Somebody has to win. Yeah. At the end. I mean, it's called X-Men. So the X-Men have to win at the end. 
exactly you know but i was like all right i guess i guess you know but like i said i think i think at the time so this came out in 2016 um and when did the first avengers movie come out it came out in 2012 2012 so we got 2012 avengers then we get x-men apocalypse 2016 but at this point we're really not really connecting the marvel universe the mcu as we have now and you know um and i think now looking back on apocalypse after seeing everything that could be done everything that has been done you see and you look at you like this could have been better at the time when it came out i was like you know what that's pretty cool movie but looking back at it now i'm like yeah this could have been 10 times better than it was like you know this entire series could have been 10 times better than oh yeah but you know like i said we we like get spoiled by the X-Men and the Spider-Mans and all that stuff. Cause like you say, yeah. we had Blade and you start to be like, all right, well, I enjoyed the X-Men movie. So y'all come out with X-Men movie. I'm gonna watch it and I'm gonna enjoy it. But now Marvel has spoiled us with all of this. So you really gotta like go above and beyond yeah. to make a pretty good superhero movie for us to be like, you know, because you see what they did with like the Justice League and you're like, yeah, that was trash. The the only thing that I, I would say that Marvel has like flopped on is the Eternals. The Eternals, yes. They tried to introduce too many characters at one time. They tried to introduce too many characters, and then they tried to also introduce, like... It's one thing to introduce a bunch of characters, but then you introduce, like, a storyline that nobody really, like, pays attention to in the comic world. And then it's like, all right, so we're just supposed to all of a sudden just jump on board with these people. And then, then yeah, we... You try to introduce like an occult character like the the Black Knight who's gonna be in who's probably gonna be in the next Blade movie. Yeah. Uh, as well. And you just tried to do too much. It's like one of those like I, I guess the way you look at it is the Eternal sometimes are like one of those throwaway movies. Like Captain Marvel was a throwaway movie, but you still kinda knew who she was. But yeah. I think the Eternals is one of those movies where like in the second one, when they come out with the second Eternals, you're like, Oh, okay, I get you now. Or they start connecting characters from the Eternals to other movies. If I, all right, I get it now. Like I had to watch the Eternals to understand this, but it was like one of those throwaway movies where like we got to make this to make sense of everything else. I think the only reason Eternals exist was to set up uh, Dane Whitman as the Black Knight. Yeah. For, Dan- for uh, the first Blade movie, because yeah, they haven't really announced a second Eternals movie, <laughs> which they probably shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind them showing up in like other movies, just not an Eternals movie. You know? You know, yeah. I just don't people like that where they're like we hear and we saved the world from like all of the what's your face like, yeah, why did you show up on Thanos and blah mm-hmm. blah blah blah? It's kind of like they're you're making this this team a lot more powerful than everybody else, which at the same time was kind of like the Captain Marvel joint. Yeah. When Captain Marvel showed up in Endgame. And then they were like, we're going to protect you, Captain Marvel, while you protect the... Uh, so the you can Infinity blow up Gauntlet. all these ships in the atmosphere. Yeah, it's like, we're fighting all this time. We're spending all this time doing this. You showed up and blew up all these ships by yourself. And then you come and take the Infinity Gauntlet. And then Thanos punch you one time and you never show up again until the end. And it's like, what What was the use of that? Like, were you, were you trying to show off or like, are you really that powerful? Or are you just a waste of film? Yeah. So... But uh, the end of X Men Apocalypse shows our uh, our heroes in 
different colorful costumes. And if you expected those colorful costumes to show up in the next movie, you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) They go back to, uh, well, they're, they're more colorful, but they're like blue and yellow, like from the original sixties comics. But, uh, as far as individual costumes, not so much. And, um, Magneto and and Charles end up as friends again, even though they were enemies. And then once again, find a way to be enemies and be right. friends again in the next movie. So, it's just uh, what, what stupid? What's what's your overall opinion of X Men Apocalypse? X Men Apocalypse, like I said, man, I like it. I like it. I would give it if I was a rated out of a scale of one to ten. Um, now seeing back then watching X Men Apocalypse, I probably would have gave X Men Apocalypse probably like eight and a half. Yeah, but now I probably give it like a seven. It's still high up there, but I'm not gonna like like I said, seeing like in game and all those other movies, just see how those turned out and just looking at it from a different light. I give it a seven, seven and a half. You know, still a good movie. I, I was not one that I'm gonna be like I'm bored today and I feel like watching X Men Apocalypse, but you know, that's, like that's I said, good. I, Kind of how I felt when I first saw it. I was like, eh. and when I watched it the other day, it was the first time I watched it in like four years or so. And I was like, mm. this isn't that bad. So I was like, I'll give this a seven. Yeah. It was, that, inter- it's, it's got a lot of actors that I like. So it was, it was better than I thought it was. Yeah. You know, a lot of times with the X-Men, they do a lot better than with the Eternals, you know, combining powers and, you know, making sure that some people can fight a lot better than others, you know, versus the Eternals. And you're like, I just got this one person that we can depend on defeating this enemy. But, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, I think there were a lot of things that could have done differently. But, you know, the original X-Men that we had in the early 2000s kind of were a remake of our childhood of the animated series yeah. and pretty much went on that this new revamp series of X-Men pretty much tried to give us a little bit more, you know, a little bit, I guess it tried to give us a little bit more relationship wise, a little bit more, uh, you know, um, deeper dive into the characters lives, which I'm not mad at that either. That's X-Men apocalypse. Uh, we'll leave it there. Um, if you want to find the show on social media, we're at second tech movies on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to leave a suggestion for a future episode, you can send an email to secondtakemoviespod at gmail.com. Larry, thanks for coming on again. Hey man, you know, always, man. I told you, man, you give me an excuse to watch movies that, that I wouldn't watch on my own. When they announce the uh, new Blade movie, we'll have to do the uh, the next two, the, the, the other the two Blade, Blade trilogy. movies. Okay, <laughs> we could do that. We could do Cause that. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to start shooting it this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they release a trailer this year. So, yeah, I'm down with that. We can do that. um, So, uh, I will see you next week with uh, a Pirates of the Caribbean movie Mm. with my friend Jake. So, I will see you next week, and uh, Larry will see you at another time. Thanks for listening, brother.